Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. David Hope. His message is entitled, God Calls for Repentance. David. Thank you, Mr. Kolb. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see everybody here today. Tell you, I'm going to hit the bottle early today. All that rain we had, you'd think we'd be all soaked up and wouldn't need any moisture, but I'm dry. Yeah, somebody said that David Hope, that's my name, that's who the, the message is about. Called Repentance for David Hope. No, one of the individuals in the entryway up there thought maybe I might be preaching to the choir or something, but it's nobody intended it. This is basically, for the most part, I'm intending, hoping that someone in the world will hear our messages and uh, check in to see what repentance is all about. But anyway, uh, last week, uh, those of you that were here and, and ones that uh, tuned in on the internet uh, were fortunate enough to hear a message by Matthew Steele, and, he, and we were warned about perilous times. And uh, Matthew indicated that perilous times are already here in the world for Christians. And it's coming to America even more so, and it's going to get even worse. So, I, so it, it's kind of a little bit of a prompt for us to, you know, to realize, you know, the, the scriptures are coming to life, so it can get worse. Today, I plan to continue a little bit along the line of the perilous times, but not in the same context as what Matthew did. And uh, maybe I should even say the perilous times, sin, sinful times, instead of just perilous times. But it's still all the same that God desires repentance. God really does desire repentance, and we'll have a few scriptures along that line. Uh, be doing quite a bit of reading today. We'll go to Second uh, Timothy, third chapter, one through five. And most of these scriptures will sound very familiar to all of us, and that's fine. There are a lot of people out there that haven't heard them yet, and we hope that they will take heed. This know also that in the last days, and this is what Matthew started off with, in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. And we see that everywhere, men and women, both covetous, covetous, boasters, crowd, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Boy, does that ever run rampant. Unthankful, unholy, and we could take every single one of these things and make a message on it. I know men and women out here both could, could, could make messages on either one of these. And we have these all combined without natural affection. Truth breakers, false accusers, we know any of those things around. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. And man, Matthew mentioned quite a bit last week, you know, because Christians practice the good way. We practice, you know, loving one another, and they hate the good. The, the devil hates good, and we have all kinds of scriptures showing that Satan hates God. He hates the good. He hates the light. We know that. Having a form of godliness, okay, lovers pleasure more than lovers of God, and how many people do we know that will go to, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in the winter time when it's really cold and, and set out in a, uh, an open stadium and listen to a, a preacher preach. Well, not very many people will compared to 
what we have in some of these large football stadiums, and, and I've been guilty, not in the big ones, but I've been guilty of sitting out in the wintertime at football games and freezing, you know, the wind blowing and all bundled up. And, and I th thought, well, would I sit in church if it was this way? <laughs> you know, this is fun. Church is not fun, I guess. But, you know, people are, are lovers of pleasure more than and lovers of God. And I've been that way, and I think a lot of us have and to some extent. Having a form of godliness, verse 5, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And we see a lot of forms of, of godliness, but they deny the creator. They deny the power, the authority that the creator has. You go with me now to Romans, the first chapter, verse 17 through 25. Like I said, nothing new. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And we hear that a lot, especially in the Protestant churches, and that's good. The just do live by faith, and we live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. A lot of people understand what righteousness is. They understand what sin is. But people continue to do that. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. And how many messages have we had even right here in our own congregation of the proofs of, of the universe that the creators here, that there's absolutely no way that all this stuff could happen in and we know that even the Darwinian, the Darwin theory, <laughs> you know, which was popular for so many years, can't even hold a candle anymore to anything. Anybody would be foolish to, to use uh, the Darwin theory of evolution, you know, especially since DNA. But anyway, they have a, a, a form of godliness. Because that which they may be known of God is manifested, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. And we've, we've had messages here about, about that over the years. Uh, how easy it is to see God and everything. And there's a lot of books on the market. Clearly seen, being understood by things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Verse 21. Because that when they knew God... When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And we have to be careful. Sometimes I get ungrateful, and, you know, and we have to be careful about those things. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So a lot of this is an individual thing that we can cause and allow our things with Satan's help. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, and how many scholars and educated type people profess themselves to be wise, they became fools and chained the glory of the un uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. See if this applies to our society today through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, 
and worship and serve the Creator or creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use of that which is against nature. Your imagination, you don't have to use your imagination very much. You know, know understand already what I'm talking about. And likewise, in the same manner, also the men. Is that characteristic of today? Of course, it has been throughout history, and, and, and we know that places have been destroyed because of that. Likewise, also, the men. Leaving the natural use of the woman. Burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men. i got to look at the camera because I'm talking to the people there too and myself when I view it again. That which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. You know, one of these days, and as Matthew mentioned last week, you know, we... A lot of these things we won't be able to speak in the future without a lot of persecution, a lot of, a lot of problems, and we may get that anyway. And Matthew was mentioning, and, and, and I'll say this to the people that uh, didn't get to see this last week or didn't view it yet, uh, whenever it gets on the Internet, uh, try to view it because it was a good message. He had a lot of, of uh, uh, technical, not technical, but uh, uh, accurate information, studies and stuff. Verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. You know, and it, it's got to be a reprobate mind. It's got to be the things that people do to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. Do I need to go any further? Is this thing going to get bad or are they bad? Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and they are again disobedient to parents. And how many of the young people are having problems today because of the disobedience of their parents, they, they will not go along with the wisdom that mom and dad have. Because mom and dad are trying to keep them from having fun, you know. Without, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, which we mentioned a while ago, implacable, unmerciful, boy, how many of these adjectives can we get into? who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And I think this has been mentioned before. You know, not only do uh, a lot of people participate in, in these kind of things, but they, they're glad when they see somebody else participate in what's against God. You know, we had some uh, world leaders not too many years ago that was even on worldwide TV and the worldwide news congratulating professional athletes for coming out of the closet. 
you know, and they really bragged about that. You know, they are they are patting them on the back for being so brave to, you know, and, and other scriptures talk about, you know, there's no embarrassment, they can't blush. But, you know, we're, we are living in a time that Matthew mentioned last week, and, uh, but this is basically uh, uh, not, not a repeat of what Matthew said, but just a springboard for this particular message. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, or, yeah, 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? And we know that, and that's why we try so hard to do the best we can. That's why we fight our own human nature to, to not be that way. Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, and here's some of the same sins that we're talking about, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So see, he's, this is being repeated in in other scriptures, you know. We mentioned some of these things a while ago. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And, and people will get up and, and preach that, you know, that these things are okay, you know, you're going to have, uh, uh, maybe I'll get in trouble for being uh, hate speech or something. I don't hate these people, but I don't understand how they can have uh, read out of the Bible the words that we we read out of, whether which translation it is, the King James, New NIV, or the Living, or whatever, and come up with the fact that it's okay for gay pastors, you know, to teach other people. I just don't understand that. I mean, uh, anyway. No revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And here's a point here, and, and Paul wants to bring out. And such as were some of you, not that you had each one of these sins, and you know, but all of us have had something along this line, and maybe we're still fighting with some of our human nature. And such were some of you, but you are washed. You know, we're white. We're we partake in a Passover. You know, we're and we repent on a daily basis, that you are sanctified. So no matter what sin the world commits, and we commit, and we fall back, no matter how bad we do, if we're willing to turn around, we can be cleansed again. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in faith are you saved by Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of God. You know, I think, and I, I think if I didn't misunderstand Matthew, that, you know, the religious community needs to stand up and proclaim God's word, you know, God's standard. We need to proclaim what God's standard is and, and reveal God's mercy for repentance. You know, we, I think a lot of times, a lot of us that have been around the churches that we've been around for a long time, we, we, we really weren't geared that way. We were trying to Stay in the background and let the big shots, you know, on the radio, TV, and the printed messages uh, do our preaching. But, you know, in some ways, vicariously, uh, without looking too self-righteous, and sometimes it takes a little uh, uh, education on our part, a little psychology, and to, to learn how to reprove. And I know there's people that, 
that can uh, reprove somebody real easy and not be offensive. I'm not able to do that. Now, some of you, some of you people out here are really good at it. I've even got some of my own children that are really good. They'll say, that's not acceptable. This is, uh, uh, you know, and all that. Uh, I'm a little scared, a little reticent sometimes to do some of those things, and I wish I had the guts that my children have. But anyway, but, uh, I think the religious community, we really do need to stand up, and we really, you know, kind of like they said, the bad people succeed because good people don't do anything. You know, that's not, that's not a phrase coined by us or any of our people in the church, but we've heard it a lot of times that, you know, and, and we sit still and allow things to happen. We'll go over to the uh, Old Testament for a little bit. Go to Ezekiel. And here's the encouraging part as far as I'm concerned. Ezekiel 33, verse 1 through 20. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the children of your people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people. And I think to some extent uh, last week, uh, not meant to flatter you, Matthew, I talked about you while you weren't here too, but uh, Matthew warned us last week uh, things that I didn't, I mean, we all know that the Christians are being persecuted some. We hear a little bit here and there, but it's a lot worse than what I realized it was just from the statistics that were given. So he gave a warning last week as a watchman for the people of God that we need to buckle down, and this is my own words, buckle down and get a little closer to God because it will come. And we know the scriptures, and without being negative, but we know the scriptures. You know, we know that things are going to, to be bad, but we know that there's a bright side too. So, so anyway, verse 4, Then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. So if any of us hear the words, the prophecies, the warnings that are coming, and we don't heed it, then, you know, the, the watchman has done their job, and, and that's our, our blood's on us. He that, or he hears, you know, he heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that takes warning shall deliver his soul. So so many ways that we can deliver our soul with God's help by avoiding, you know, some of the directions that we're going in and also avoid the uh, eternal uh, judgment, you know, if we allow ourselves to become so wicked that we don't repent. But if the watchman, verse 6, if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, you know, if we don't warn, we don't warn people, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. And at the same way as, as we with parents, you know, if we see, you know, your young children doing some things and you don't, do it, don't correct them and instruct them in the right way, you know, uh, some of the things may be at our hand. Verse 7. So you, son of man, I have set you a watchman. This is talking about uh, Ezekiel. I set you a watchman to the house of Israel. 
children of Israel. Therefore you shall hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. And we know that a lot of these uh, prophecies were for the ancient Israelites and, and uh, Jews, but they're, they're uh, secondary also. They're prophesied to us. And we know especially when Daniel speaks, you know, Jesus said, well, when you see such and such in Daniel a prophet, know that these things are going to happen. So we know there's a type and anti-type and, and this stuff going to happen to other people also. But anyway, uh, hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die if you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way that the wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he does not turn, turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you shall you have delivered yourself. So he's repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. You know, if you if you warn him, uh, you're supposed to warn them, and if you don't, then you know we're going to require the blood at your hand. Therefore, O you son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus speak you, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us. And we just pine away. We don't do anything about it. We pine away in them. How should we then live? You know, how long have we sometimes allowed certain things happen in our lives that we really should be? And, you know, I'm talking to us a little bit too. But, you know, that, that we know that we should be making some changes. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God. And this is a very, very important thing says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You know, we get the idea sometimes, or maybe I do, oh, well, boy, this, these people really get into them. They're so mean, they're so vile. They deserve this, don't they? You know, we get self-righteous sometimes and say, well, they deserve it. Well, God doesn't like it. You know, God, a lot of things God says he hates, you know, and, and uh, you can look up scriptures and all the things that God doesn't like and God hates. You know, God hates putting away. God hates divorce. He hates this. He hates, you know, on and on and on and on. All the things that God loves is, is the things of love. But the death of the wicked, or I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way. America, the world, we need to turn from our way. It's very simple. Hard to do maybe without God's help. But the wicked turn from his way and live. This is God's word talking. Turn you, turn you from your evil ways. For why will you die? And you know, Jesus even said the same thing. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know, he was telling them, you know. Oh, house of Israel. Therefore, you son of man, say unto the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. So if we get so uh, big on ourselves, oh, well, I don't do this sin, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good, I don't do it. But if we turn from our way and we begin to practice that, you know, we begin to be uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and we begin to allow ourselves to get weakened down and our primary approach is that we turned away from this righteousness all the good that we did in the years past. You know, if we're an old man, old woman now, and we did a lot of good things when, you know, over the years, 
if we turn from that, that's not going to be remembered. You know, and I don't, I don't mean this that we're fearful of our salvation, but we do need, to, I mean, there are warnings that, you know, we, we can let it slip, but I don't think most of us are going to do that. But as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in a day that he turns from his wickedness. So it's converse. You know, if the wicked, if we're bad, we're evil, we're wicked, and how many people do we know that have changed their life because they were convicted in the heart, and they changed, and they began to help other people. God is, is that kind of a God. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all of his righteousness shall not be remembered. It's repeating that. But for his iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for that. So if we, if we die in a horrible, sinful situation and we have changed that way, we're going to die. We're going to be paid for that if we have not repented. Again, I say unto the wicked, you shall surely die or you shall surely die. If he turns from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge. So here's some of the things that, you know, to show. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, you know John Abner, someone said, you know, to show fruits, you know, bring fruits of repentance. Well, here's, here's some fruits of that. If the wicked restore the pledge and give again that he had robbed, you know, and sometimes if it's within our power, to repay, you know, and I think even uh, some of you know more about it than I do about the uh, 12-step program, you know, for AA and CA and all that, alcohol and One of the things they have to do, they have to try to go out to the best of their ability and make good some of the people that they've offended and transgressed. And some of you can uh, be a little more accurate than what I am. But if within our, po within our power, then we need to try to rectify the best we can Walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. And there was, well, I don't have time to digress on that. I'd, I'd like to tell a story, but I don't have time right now. None of his sins that he has committed shall, he, shall be mentioned unto him. He has done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. So anybody, no matter who you are in this world, when, when you come to the realization that, that you were wrong, you have been wrong, and you don't want to be that way anymore, you know, to cry out to God Almighty and, 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 and do the best you can to turn and learn God's word, learn God's way. There's so many ways that we can learn what God is wanting out of us. Not that we're going to work ourselves into salvation, but it, we do have to show signs of repentance. Yet the children of your people say, the way of the Lord is not equal. And I haven't heard anybody personally say that, but I know there are. But as for them, their way is not equal. You know, man, for the most part, man's way is not equal. When the righteous turns from his righteousness, it's so very simple. And, 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 and a parent does the same thing. You know, we've grounded our children. I've been grounded from a car for driving recklessly and not making good grades and all that. 
but you know, uh, my my parents had mercy, and they didn't they didn't hold it against me forever, and they weren't as hard on me as I was on some of my children. But when the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But the if the wicked if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. So there's hope for anybody and everybody. And we know so many examples of the New Testament. And, you know, the Apostle Paul was vengeful for the church of God, you know, putting people to death. Yet they say, verse 20, the way of the Lord is not equal. O you house of Israel, I will judge you every one after his way. So one more, or a couple more scriptures. Isaiah, what first chapter 16 through 20. Wash you. Here's some of the things we can do. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes and cease to do evil. Quit it. Turn around. Don't do it anymore. Learn. Learn. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us Reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be scarlet. You know, we're horrible, filthy sinners. They shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, we've got to be obedient. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel... You shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And there's so many ways that we can be devoured by the sword, and, and, and you know, some of them hypothetically. Uh, last group, well, James, I'll go real quick. Here are some things we can do to show repentance ourselves. James 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves to God. And this is especially for people that are not real familiar with the, uh, the scriptures that we are here today, but... Submit, therefore, yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Resist. And he will flee from you. And boy, you ought to see that happen. Draw near to God. And there's ways of drawing near. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. This is the opposite of what mankind goes. One more scripture. Hebrews 10, 22 through 25. There's almost a a repeat of the other. Let us draw near with a true heart. And we just mentioned a while ago, draw near to God, and he would draw near to you. But we have to do some of it first. And, of course, we know in a lot of cases God will draw a person. So if somebody is listening to our messages and they're pricked in the heart, you know, God is drawing you. You know, God is, is the one that's going to be pricking your heart if, if hypothetically that happens. Never has happened. I've never had anybody come down to the altar, you know, and give their heart to the Lord while I've been preaching. But we don't we don't practice that here. But anyway, but if, if a person... Is, is pricked in her heart, God will cleanse her heart. Draw near, oh, let us draw near with a pure heart, 
true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, you know, which means basically to get baptized, repent, baptized, and, and uh, receive the Holy Spirit. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for, the, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. And how do we consider one another to provoke one another to good work if we never see each other? You know, if I just decide, well, mm, I don't think I'll go to church anymore. I'm just going to start working or I'm just going to stay home and study. But, you know, how can we consider one another? Uh, we, we can, but, you know, uh, we know people that have, uh, uh, friends of ours in, in New Mexico when we were younger in the church that, that uh, drove 185 miles one way to church on the Sabbath. They lived up in the Four Corners area, and their nearest church was Albuquerque. And Fran and I with our kids, and our daughter Brenda will remember that too, we took our van, uh, all five of our kids, and all what four of theirs, and the four adults went to Albuquerque, you know. No air conditioning in it or anything, you know. We just had a lot of seats in it. And, went to Albuquerque to church, and I got thinking, you know, we're so fortunate. We're only about a 5 or 10, 15-minute drive from church, and a lot of people don't even go. And here are these people, you know, and there's still people that have to drive a long ways. We stopped at the Albuquerque church on the way home from California this uh, few weeks ago, and there's still people that drive a long ways to church. So, but anyway, but uh, let us consider one another to provoke and to love and good work, you know. And those people, they really are glad to see each other, and they, they, they provoke each other to good works, you know. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So if anybody is, uh, vicariously can hear this and and they, they feel a little bit pricked in their heart, and I'd be vanity on my part saying it, but, but you know, we have churches throughout the world, throughout the Oklahoma, throughout the United States, and uh, even in some foreign countries, so uh, if, if you feel like you want to be a part of some organization, you know, get online and, and uh, uh, start, start first of all with CGOM, Church of God Outreach Ministry, and then go to some of the other churches, and and find a group that you can associate with, and, and hopefully God will use, use you and maybe use us too to, to, to live a life that others will want to emulate and others will want to have a part of and to be a part of the kingdom of God. Because God is a merciful God. This is just scratching the surface of the, of, of the, the scriptures that, that of God's goodness and God's mercy and his desire for wanting us to to, to have a good life. God wants us to have a good life. 